0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Double Coverage Podcast. As always, Stacy Blackwood with Jake Thomas. Jake, how's it going?
1: Going good, man. How about
0: you? Doing good. Well, we just wanted to bring you guys a podcast, uh, you know, touch on the NCAA tournament as it, as it starts to kick off, you know, with the play-in games tonight and tomorrow night. Uh, so make sure you get your brackets set and filled out and, and all that kind of good stuff. And uh, we also want to touch on Alabama basketball as they head into the NIT tournament and, you know, what – what the potential is for for growth in this team and, you know, kind of what to look forward to, you know, past this season. But with that, let's kind of just touch a little bit on the NCAA tournament. Uh, You know, I I haven't filled out my bracket just yet, but for now I'm I'm going with Duke to win it all. I just think with a healthy Zion Williamson, they're going to be hard for any team to put out you know that guy is um, i think he sh- he shot like 77% from the field during the ACC tournament this this past week after he missed 3 weeks with his knee injury so <laughs> he's just so he's a force i mean when you're a guy that's 6'7" 285 can move like he can move uh, it's it's hard to slow that down you know and plus they have McDonald's All-Americans all around him so right. you know they're a really talented team they're the most talented team and uh you know they have one of the best coaches of all time, and it's uh, you know they're kind of due a, a championship. They hadn't won one in a few years.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I agree. And um, I actually uh, actually filled out two brackets, and both of mine. I've also got Gonzaga. Um, they're like Stacey has commented. They they're just they seem like the the most complete team in the tournament to me. And um, uh, that that fluke the other night, it it was just a fluke. I don't think that was the real Gonzaga team. Um, I have you know I've seen a lot of people. Uh, saying that they don't see a one versus one matchup, but I actually have Duke and and Gonzaga playing in the Final Four, and I just think um, on that side, and I just think that they can uh, that that they'll beat Duke, um, especially with the with the injury problems Duke has been having. I don't know if Williams is is a hundred percent. He sure looked a hundred percent in the ACC tournament. He did. And who was the other guy that got injured for him against UNC the other night? I can't remember. Here's here's another prominent guy, but uh, he's kind of. Uh, got injured as well, but, um, you know, I I think on the SEC side of things, I actually, I, I think Kentucky, I think I had them in one bracket going to Final Four, getting beat by uh, UNC, or UNC. Um, I actually had, uh, I believe I had Tennessee going, I think I might have had them in the Elite Eight. I can't remember who they're playing, you know, who, who beat them in my brackets, but um, I think, um, I think I got, Every SEC team besides I think Ole Miss advancing to at least the second round. And um I had Auburn in the Sweet Six team, which I think they're gonna end up getting beat by UNC. So, um but that that's pretty much how my bracket holds out. Well, you know, uh
0: you know, obviously Auburn went on a big run uh, you know, this last weekend uh in, in Nashville to win the SEC tournament. But uh, you know, they're they're one of those teams and you know, we've talked about it all season long. If they're not shooting well from the three point line, anybody can beat them. Yeah. And a, a team like uh, New Mexico State, you know, they've won 30 basketball games this <laughs> yeah. year. You know, whether you play in a tough conference or not, 30 basketball games is a lot. That's a lot of wins. It is. So obviously, they, they have that winning mentality. Uh, and that's, that's a really tough matchup on the other side of the country for Auburn. I mean, you're talking about having to go to Salt Lake City to play a team, you know, in New Mexico State that, you know, like I said, has won 30 games this season. it's so. almost like home court advantage. And, it, you know, it's a lot closer to home for them. But that, it's going to be a really tough matchup for uh, for Auburn. And if they're not hitting their shots, I, I could really see New Mexico State uh, pulling the upset there in that 12-5 matchup. But uh, as far as the other SEC teams, obviously I feel like the teams that can go the, the you know, the deepest in the tournament is Tennessee and Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what to think about LSU with all the stuff that's circulating around the program right now. It's kind of hard to tell. And, of course, Florida, they're one of those teams that, you know, if they, if they can play, you know, just decent on offense with the way their defense play, is playing right now, you know, they can be a tough out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of teams in the tournament this year. You know, you know they talked about the bubble a lot and how it's not really a good year for the bowl because there's just so many, many so many mediocre teams. And, you know, that's really a good point. You know, I really only see about four or five, maybe six teams that actually have a legitimate shot at winning a national championship. Yeah. And that's all four of the number one seeds. I think Kentucky has a chance. I think Tennessee has a chance. And then there may be a couple teams outside outside of those teams, you know, maybe somebody like a Michigan State, they could they could make a run. Uh, you know, they got great point guard play, uh, and and then also a team like Michigan, you know, they have they have uh, history in the tournament. You know, they they oh, yeah. made, they made the championship game last year, so you know you got to look out for teams like those. Uh, and you know, obviously Kansas, that you know, one of the no, other traditional powers, that you know, they have a lot of injuries and you know all that kind of thing. So I don't really see them getting too far. You know, I could actually see if if Auburn gets past uh, New Mexico State and Kansas be, beats Northeastern, I could see Auburn, you know, getting the upset over Kansas just yeah. just for the for attrition reasons. I mean, right. uh, KU has a lot of injuries right now, but uh, there's a lot of good matchups. Like it is every year in the tournament. It's it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. This is one of the best times of the year. Uh, you know, one of my favorite matchups is uh, is the Marquette versus Murray State game. You know, oh, Marcus right. Howard against uh, John Morant. That's mm-hmm. going to be one of the better games to watch, you know, really in the entire tournament. You know, two of the better guards in the country. And uh, I think right now if I had to pick a, uh, a player of the year, I'd pick John Morant. I know he plays at a, at a smaller school in Murray State. And I know people love Zion Wilson. But Zion Wilson did miss a lot of, a, a lot of the season. You know, it missed did. three weeks in conference play. And uh, you know when you talk about John Morant, you're talking about about a guy that's averaging, you know, 26, 27 points a game and 10 assists, along with about five or six rebounds. So, just a complete player, one of the most explosive, you know, most fun wa- watched guys there is in college basketball, and he's really had a, a an incredible sophomore season.
1: Yeah, um, one of the uh, the future matchups that could potentially happen for me. We just talked about Gonzaga. Um, they could end up playing that, that zone of Syracuse. And that would be a good interesting matchup, I do believe, because I mean that zone, it don't matter how, how good or bad Syracuse is, that, that zone gives everybody fit. So it's gonna be an interesting matchup to see how Gonzaga plays, you know, goes out and gains plan for, for that zone if they have to.
0: Yeah. You know, that's they they actually do Gonzaga gets a pretty tough draw they do in that second round. I would not want to play Syracuse or Baylor in, in the mean. tournament. You know, both both the coaches are really good coaches. You know, in Scott Drew and uh, Jim Bayheim. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking about two really good coaches. You know, bayhound has been around for a hundred years. Yeah. It seems like, but uh, you know that would that would that's not a very favorable favorable draw for for Gonzaga. But you know, most of the time it's really not. You know, you talking about UNC? They they would have to play. Uh, I think either Utah State or Washington. Yeah and uh then you look at you know somebody like duke and uh duke uh would be matched up with uh, either vcu or ucf i think that's the most favorable draw that any team gets as a one seed and then virginia they they either going they either going to get uh Ole miss or oklahoma so that's that's not too tough of a draw for them either but gonzaga and and uh uh what's the other one <laughs> Uh, North Carolina, they yeah. they have pretty tough draws in their second-round games if they win their, their first-round games, which, mo- other than Virginia last year, <laughs> oh, yeah. every one of them won.
1: And I mean, and, and if UNC makes it past that, there's potential. They still got got to play Auburn. And, I mean, we, you know, I don't like talking about Auburn because we're Bama fans, but you got to get credit where credit's due. You know, um, Bruce Pearl has been there five years and they're in the NCAA tournament and just won – that's the championship game, and here we are as Auburn fans, and we're in the NIT tournament. You know, so it's kind of stings a little, but I mean, I they've been in the state. You know, I want to pull for them. I don't, I do not see them getting past UNC. Yeah,
0: I don't. Uh, I, I like I said, I still haven't actually filled out a bracket yet. Uh, I hope to do that tonight, uh, but I, I don't. I don't trust Auburn because it's not because they're not a good – they are a good basketball team. But when you rely as heavily as they do on the three-point shot, if it don't fall for you, you're going to get beat. Yeah. And, you know, when you're playing teams like, you know, New Mexico State or then possibly Kansas or Northeastern – when you're not making those shots, then teams are going to beat you. They're, they're, they'll take advantage of that. Unlike you know, Alabama did. You know, this, this the last matchup they had of, in the regular season, yeah. when Alabama blew the 13 point lead. But yeah. you know what, what I'm saying is, is that it's hard to, to to predict a team like Auburn when they rely or they're so reliant on that three point shot. And uh, so it's hard for me to just be real confident on what they're going to do in the tournament. Obviously, Bruce Pearl is a heck of a coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I hate saying that when, he, when he's the coach of, of, of Auburn. But he is, he's a great coach. I hope he takes the UCLA job. Yeah. <laughs> that would be nice. great,
1: get him out of there. And Auburn next year, um, I don't know how good they're gonna be because they got a lot of seniors on the team this year, and there's, uh, there's rumors out that a Wilder might be transferring or not transferring, but moving on to the NBA. So what we'll to say about that as well?
0: Yeah, they'll probably ha- have the most attrition that they're gonna have in, that they've had in the Bruce Pearl area after this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm confident that Bruce will have the team ready to play if if he's still the coach next year. Which there hadn't really been a lot of rumors about him leaving for UCLA, but no. I'm just that that just seems like that it would be that type of job that he would leave for. But uh, you know, enough about Auburn. We talk about them enough for for, <laughs> for one podcast, maybe for two or three. Amen. But uh, anyways, uh, it, you know, like we said, I, I, I'm picking Duke right now to, to win it all, and Jake's got Gonzaga, so we'll kind of see. We'll we'll officially share our brackets with you guys on Twitter. Uh, maybe tonight or tomorrow sometime so and y'all can kind of hold us accountable on that and you know make fun of us when we're wrong because we're going to be wrong a lot but uh, (laughs) yeah but you know don't judge because your bracket's going to be messed up after the first round too so (laughs)
1: everybody's will i mean there's always an upset by a center and and,
0: and that's the beauty of march madness it's 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 one of the greatest things in sports it's it it really is it's a lot of fun so make sure you fill out your bracket and you know share it with us and uh so we can kind of compare and and uh you know see what everybody's thinking but uh kind of moving on from the NCAA tournament to the to to where Alabama's playing unfortunately and that's the NIT tournament you know I I did say a few weeks ago on the podcast that if I was Avery I wouldn't accept uh an NIT bid obviously that was stupid of me to say because when you have a point guard that's 17 years old that you're going to have back next year you need to let him play as many games and practice as much as you can. Oh, yeah. So, hopefully that Alabama can make a run in this NIT tournament, and, and that's just even more experience for,
1: for Kyler Lewis, Jr. Right, exactly. And they uh, a lot of talk has been, uh, you know, the first-round matchup. We got Norfolk State, and uh, they have one guy on the team who is shooting 51% from the three-point line. Uh, his name is Derek uh, Jamerson Jr., he is hitting 51.2% from the three, uh, three point line. Uh, he has made uh, 85 of 166 three point attempts. So, I mean, uh, but he's only averaging 10.3 points a game. I don't understand that. Their, their leading scorer is a guy named Nick Thomas. Uh, he's uh, averaging 14.4 a game. Um, but, uh, you know, they, I think they've uh, seen that they played South Carolina. South Carolina blew him out of the water. And uh, they played a couple of hockey matchups, and uh, they got pretty much blown out in them. But, but uh, they also got upset in their uh, their tournament, though. Um, so, um, but I, I think Alabama can make a run. Um, I would love to see Alabama make a run. If you know, if, if they do make a run, I do see Avery coming back next year. But I mean, what what that to go with the bat? I wouldn't mind having the NIT championship, but you know, I, I hate that when I end in the tournament you know, to play. But I don't know, just the, the struggle we've had lately. I, you know, I had to get blown out the first round. You know.
0: Well, I think we're going to know the future of Alabama basketball uh, in the first five minutes oh, in yeah. the game tomorrow night against Norfolk State. Yeah. However this team comes out is going to be what we can expect uh, if they were to, you know, beat – Norfolk State tomorrow night, what to expect in the rest of the NIT, and, and what to expect next season. Because I think regardless of what happens, Avery Johnson's going to be back next year as the head coach. Yeah. That's just, that's just my opinion. I don't have any inside sources or anything. I just, that's just my gut feeling on the situation. But, you know, a couple notes on, on Norfolk State that, that I don't like. They are 32nd nationally in free throw attempts. Wow. 45th in the nation on three-point field goal percentage. And uh, you know, obviously, that means they're a high up tempo offense, and they can shoot the ball really well, and they get to the free throw line. So it's gonna it's gonna take a, a concerted effort to play with energy uh, and intensity on the defensive side of the basketball to to slow down this this team. So I hope Avery has the guys in, in the right mindset, and and that they, you know they're ready to play because you know. Whether it's the NCAA tournament or not, this game matters.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. It
0: matters because you're playing. So, I mean, you, you need to make the most
1: of it. And, you know, um, another thing is, you know, it's, Dante, it's potential Dante Hall's and um, Riley Norris's last game. So, I know they're going to come out and play with some energy. We have – I sound like a broken record. but I We got to get Dante Hall going early, uh, especially in this game. Uh, they have a uh, – a Guy inside a uh, uh, Jordan Butler who is averaging two blocks a game, so you know, we uh we need to need to test him early on with uh Dante and see. I think Dante's got the got the size matchup on him because Dante's just long and athletic, you know, right. so I think we need to uh need to sport that a little bit and um we just got to guard the three point line. I mean, if that guy's shooting 51. Well, see the the, the know,
0: problem is when you, obviously they're a great three point shooting team, yeah. But if they're also if they also rank that high on, on free throw attempts, that means they're they're attacking the basket as well. Exactly. So it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a tough matchup for Alabama on the defensive end of the court. Now offensively, I think Alabama can take take advantage of their size and their length and their right. athleticism. Uh, you know, to maybe uh to to score a lot of points in the paint. I mean, they have. They have one guy that's six uh, eight. Wow! And uh, his name is Alex Long. You know, I'm, like I said, I'm doing this right now as we speak. He's averaging nine points and four rebounds a game. So they don't have a lot of size. They have a couple guys that are six seven, but other than that, they're, you know, they're 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 a pretty small team. So uh, hopefully Alabama can can feed the post early and often. You know, like we talk about all the time. And getting Dante Hall involved early in the game. Obviously, we've seen Galen Smith inserted into the starting lineup in the SEC tournament, mm-hmm. and he he had you know pretty good success, uh, especially on the offensive end. You know he's he's going to commit a lot of fouls because he just he's not quite as athletic as Dante Hall is. So he he can, he don't really have the ability to play really good defense uh, in in the low post, and he's out of position a lot. But you know he he can get you some uh back to the back basket buckets, you know, the 6'9 six nine uh sophomore out of out of Mississippi, but you know, in the in the first uh game against Ole Miss, or it was really the second round, he played twenty nine minutes and had eleven points and seven rebounds. And then against Kentucky he had five points uh in twenty two minutes. So, you know, he can get you some points mm-hmm. in, in the paint, especially if there's a mismatch. So I expect Galen Smith to be in the starting lineup tomorrow night. Uh, with Dante Hall, and uh, I don't know if we'll see Dazon Ingram back or not. But uh, you know, as far as you know, Jake mentioned Dante Hall and Ryan Norris it being in their last kind of go around for Alabama. You know, I don't expect to see guys like maybe even Dazon Ingram or, or uh, Daniel Giddens uh, back next year. Maybe they they transfer somewhere with with mm-hmm. one more year of eligibility to play. And yeah, uh, it just just seems like that might be something that happens. Like I said, I don't have any inside information. That's just that's just kind of a of a hunch that I have as far as you know to make the roster work out and the rotation work out next year for the freshmen that we have coming in uh, that that are maybe more talented than what what some of
1: the guys are right now on the roster. Uh, there's another guy on uh, North Fork State. He's a he's a forward. I don't know if he's like a small forward or what, but he um, he has put up 59 three pointers and made 16 of them. So if they got a guy inside that they can Go to off the bench. We need to keep an eye on that if he can if he can make shots at three point line. Um, but um, overall, I do believe that Alabama uh, can can control the ball. Um, this team, uh, Norfolk State, is averaging uh, seventy three point nine points a game. Alabama is averaging seventy one point eight. But you know, I mean, it's all about the level of t- competition that they play. But um, they uh, they turn it over fourteen point seven times. And uh Alabama only turns it over thirteen uh percent or thirteen percent uh, of the time. Um the uh the field goal percentages are are, are very close. Um Norfolk State is at uh forty three point nine percent and uh Alabama's at 44.1 so uh, just you know they're right there together. But um I, I expect uh Riley, I think he's been starting here lately, so if he starts, I expect him to get, get hot early and Dante as well. And uh, maybe maybe take a little pressure off of uh, of Lewis Junior. for us. Well, it's
0: it's it's a good time now to uh, to kind of, in my opinion, to let Kyra loose. I think for the most part he has been let loose and let play how he wants to play. But I guess kind of more of just control of the offense and, and less less of the uh, you know control from the sideline, so to speak, and let let. Let his athletic and, and his ability take over and see kinda of see what happens. I, I think he's he's more than capable of uh you know, getting you fifteen points and five assists a game. And uh I expect that to be kinda of what he averages here uh, uh in the NIT tournament. And you know, one one quick thought before uh before kinda of getting off this game, if if Alabama does win and if uh if Dayton beats Colorado oh, in wow. the uh no. In the other, in the uh, what is that? That would be the uh, four or five matchup. It would be uh, uh, Alabama versus Anthony Grant in the second round. <laughs> so
1: Grant would be back at Coleman Coliseum.
0: So that would be that would be interesting to see. Uh, there's a lot of good teams really in this field. You know, you, you know, uh, just Alabama versus Norfolk State. Uh, Staying on this side of the bracket, uh, you have Colorado versus Dayton, Xavier versus Toledo, Texas versus South Dakota State, uh, TCU versus Sam Houston State, Nebraska versus Butler, Memphis versus San Diego, and Creighton versus Loyola Chicago. There's our our rival. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, uh, looking over on the other side of the bracket, uh, you have uh, UNC Greensboro against Campbell, Davidson versus Lipscomb, Georgetown versus Harvard. NC State versus Hofstra. Indiana versus St. Francis, PA. Uh, Providence versus Arkansas, uh, which uh, uh, breaking uh, some breaking news from Arkansas is really not breaking anymore. But earlier today it was announced, that uh, might have been yesterday, that Daniel Gafford was going to skip the NIT yes. and uh, start preparing for the NBA draft. So that, that's a big hit for Arkansas, obviously. That's the, their most talented player. So I don't really expect them to get past Providence. Uh, then you have Furman versus Wichita State. And uh, Clemson versus Wright State. So there's, you know, you're looking at teams like Clemson and Wichita State and uh, uh, Indiana, NC State. Uh, Lipscomb's a good team. So is Davidson. Uh, obviously UNC Greensboro. You got you got Alabama and, and Dayton, mm-hmm. uh, Xavier and Texas, TCU, uh, Butler, Memphis, Creighton. There's a lot of you know really good basketball teams uh you know in the NIT field. So it's it'll be an exciting tournament to watch. Obviously it sucks not being in the NCAA tournament. Uh but, you know, it's it's more free basketball.
1: Yeah. And um one team I know uh we would love to see Aubama get hot and win this thing, but one team to keep eye on is uh I think it's Lo Lola Chicago. I mean you've seen everybody knows what they did last year in the NCAA tournament so you know it would be uh interesting to see um i forgot the, the 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 lady's name that was at every game but you know she seems like she energizes the guys and uh get some you know she gives them some some help as a as a 12 you know a 12 man or that you know whatever but you know it's uh it'd be interesting to see uh what they can do as well
0: yeah i mean it's a, there's like like we said there's a lot of quality teams in this tournament uh and like we said, I'm going to play tomorrow night uh, on ESPNU at 7 p.m. So make sure you you you, uh, you know watch the game. And I hope that uh, the, the uh, uh, Coleman Coliseum has a really good crowd. Uh, I know – I think they said that the first 500 students were going to get in free. So that's good. Yeah. Uh, hopefully the crowd's good and, and can kind of help energize the team. And, and hopefully Avery has the guys ready to play. It's a, it's a new season. You know, we talked about that going to the SEC tournament. It's a new season. Everybody's – 0-0 uh, o o right now, you know. So, it's, it's time to to make your mark and, and kind of set the stage for what's expected in the 2019-2020 season. So, hopefully Alabama finishes on a good note, uh, whether they win the tournament or not. Hopefully they finish well, you know, and, and they play hard and uh, play good defense. and You know, because defense is going to travel wherever you play. So, you, you got to play – it starts on the defensive end of the court. Right. And Alabama shown when they play well on defense – and they can get out in transition and use their athletic ability and their length and their size. They they are a formidable opponent. They're yeah. they're tough to beat when they do that. And then if they can start hitting that three point shot, uh, they're capable of beating anybody. So hopefully they can they can get hot. They can play well on defense, which will lead to some transition opportunities. And uh, hopefully they can make a run here in the NIT tournament.
1: Right. Uh, I don't know what else you want, you wanted to talk about, Stacy, on uh, the NIT. Uh, bracket or the uh, March Madness side but um uh next week we want to uh, start diving into MLB uh baseball um, uh, we're big Rays fans and uh as all, as everybody knows I listen to these uh past podcasts and you know, I've been been hammering the Braves all, all all season, but uh one transaction that did happen today and uh you know I'm sure everybody's seen it by now but I just wanted to make a comment uh, my trout is staying with the angels for 12 years, 430 million dollars, mm. and uh, that um, that means that his um what his deal will pay him one nearly 100,000 per day. I wish I get paid 100, you know, 100,000 per day. I mean, that that is absolutely insane, but you know, we'll talk more about that. I don't know, you know, what since since they just uh, the angels uh, paid him that much money, and there's no uh, trade clause there's no nothing I mean he's there for 12 years and uh, so I don't know what kind of teams they're going to have now since they' got all that money piled up on him but you know that's just just one thing I just want to want to make comment. Uh, we'll talk more about Battle Braves uh baseball uh, next week. Uh, as everybody probably knows uh, Mike Fatonevich is not starting he's on the injured uh, list right now so Julio Teron is going to be making his sixth um, opening day start so you know we'll, we'll talk more about that next week but um we'll um we'll keep keep you posted on on all that and uh, we'll keep post on everything uh here at uh, double coverage podcast yeah a little more on the mike
0: trout uh contract just to just to kind of put it in perspective over the life of the contract it's 430 million dollars that's thirty five thousand eight hundred thirty three thousand three hundred thirty three dollars per year that's 2.9 million per month seven hundred and forty six thousand per week a hundred and six thousand per day forty four hundred per hour seventy four dollars per minute and one dollar and twenty three cents per second
1: <laughs> that is outrageous
0: that's uh, that's just that's mind-blowing that's that's an unbelievable amount of money but I mean, he's he has a chance to be the greatest baseball player ever. In my opinion, that's yeah. just I
1: mean, that's just me. But yeah. right, I, I believe I mean he he's he's got he's got the five tool everything that you want for a baseball player. I mean, he can hit homers, he can hit for contact, he can steal bases, he can catch. I mean, everybody's seen you know the robs that he has made in center field for the Angels. So you know what I just don't know what kind of what kind of team they're gonna be able to put around him now spend having that much money paid to him. Yeah, I mean
0: he'll be he'll be 28 by the time the, the season ends, but you're talking about a guy who's who's already got 240 home runs before the age of 28. Mm. He's got 648 RBIs, 189 stolen bases. I mean, he's just uh, he's awesome. He's an incredible baseball player, and uh, now he's fisting to be. He was already incredibly wealthy. He's fisting to be astronomically wealthy.
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
0: But, uh, you know, kudos to him. I'm not going to badmouth the guy because he can make a lot of money playing, playing baseball. Oh, no. Good for him. Uh, he's going to have to pay a lot of money in taxes. I know that. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. I wonder, <laughs> uh, wonder what Trout thinks about the deal now since he just got his record deal.
0: <laughs> but, uh, anyways, that's all we got for, for today. Uh, like we said, if, uh, if you ever have anything you want us to talk about, uh, just tweet at us uh, using the hashtag DoubleCoverage. Our, uh, our Twitter handle is at cove underscore pod. Uh, you can follow me and, and tweet at me, uh, Stacy Blackwood, at Blackwood89. And
1: I am at JTH Double Cover one
0: So make sure you give us a follow and uh, let us know what you think. Uh, if you have any questions, let us know. Anything you want us to talk about in particular, let us know. And with that, we'll see y'all next time. Roll Tide. See y'all.